0: This podcast discusses content that may be triggering for some listeners. Please be advised, discussions include gambling language, types of gambling, and addiction.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Hidden Addiction Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Mid Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center under the New York Council on Problem Gambling. Across New York State, we have seven resource centers dedicated to connecting individuals to care. We are here to increase awareness about problem gambling and advocate for support services for persons adversely affected by problem gambling. Gambling is defined as risking something of value on a game of chance. There can be many types of gambling, and it can affect anyone at any time in their life. It may not be talked about often and kept in the dark, but we hope this podcast sheds light on the hidden addiction of gambling and brings forth resources and information for you to use. Hello,
0: welcome to the Hidden Addiction Podcast. We are doing a mini-series for the month of February as we get geared up for Problem Gambling Awareness Month, which is March of every year. My name is Amanda Gingdana, part of the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center. I'm joined by my wonderful colleague. Hello, everyone. This is Colleen. And we have a very special guest for you today. Rachel Lauria, the Bureau Director of Treatment and Recovery, is blessing us with her presence today. We're gonna to be talking about screening, what screening looks like for problem gambling, how people can get involved, things like that. So for this mini series and for you know the entirety of it, we wanna just have a nice short intro to a variety of topics. We started with prevention education. We're doing screening today. Um, and we're also going to be having one on treatment and the fourth on recovery. Again, we're getting geared up for PGAN. We hope you are as excited as we are. And because this is a mini episode, we're going to jump in. So, Rachel, for people who are listening in, you know, what does screening look like for problem gambling? Screening? For
2: problem gambling is, is really simple, actually. But We have what are known as brief screenings. They are just a few questions. So somebody who is looking to determine if they themselves maybe should get a closer look to find out if they really do have a gambling problem, could do one of these screenings on their own. What we really are hoping is that we have so many partners in the community that have the opportunity to screen we're hoping that those people start screening um, because there are a bunch of brief screens. Some of them are only two or three questions. So, you know, we know that people have a lot of questions and paperwork and things that they talk about with clients, you know, like during an intake process or whatever. Um, but consider adding problem gambling questions because it, it really will help the people that you're working with. You know, if they, if they screen um, positive on any one of these screenings, then it it does indicate that they should have further conversation about their gambling behavior. Um, And as you guys know, of course you do, you've listened to this podcast before. So the title is the hidden addiction. And so I think the piece that's so important with screening for problem gambling is you don't know unless you ask. It's so, so easy for folks to hide their gambling behaviors that unless you're really having an open, honest conversation with somebody and using screening tools, you might not know that they do have a gambling problem.
3: So Rachel, when we're talking about, you know, these brief screens that might, you know, be able to bring up the conversation about problem gambling or just get it in someone's mind, right? Even if they don't screen positive, we now have these questions on an assessment, but who who should be screening, right? Like who should be doing these screens?
2: Anybody who works with people really could be and should be screening for, for gambling problems. Anybody who's working in any kind of human services where people are coming in looking for help or services or that have been identified as needing services. Um, anybody who's working with people around money you know could could really do some good by doing problem gambling screens as well but then also you know a lot of times we we don't always think of people in like different types of human services fields as being like candidates to screen but because we we know so much about gambling and how easy it is to hide we know that people in like social services settings they should be screening for problem gambling. If, you know, especially if any of the reasons that a client was connected to them could be related to finances or theft or like leaving children unattended. A lot of times it could be related to gambling. And we don't know unless we ask. And that's the point of screening is to really figure out if, if gambling is at the root of any of these multitude of issues that people could have going on.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad that you made that comment about the importance of screening, not only in, you know, some fields that may come to mind immediately, but fields like social services in a previous life and poor Colleen has heard this story 3000 times, but I used to work as a case manager, um, in regards to preventing, I'm sorry, preventive case manager for child welfare. And I was involved you know, with a family and the child wasn't going to school very often. And so they were just lots of concerned about academic success and how to get, you know, this child more engaged uh, into their academics. And, you know, over months and months, you know, there were just all these different things that came up and never once, you know, was, this is before joining the PGRC system and understanding more about gambling. But, I, you know, it, it ended up that, someone in the family was very engaged in online poker um, and it was very much so taking over their life. And so there was more time spent focused on that and less time focused on the child. And, you know, it was a whole slew of things, but at that point, problem gambling, the idea of gambling addiction was not in my toolbox. Right. And so when we talk about these brief screens, really when you're working in the human services field, I'm sure everyone has heard the kind of metaphor of having this toolbox that you have all of these different tools you can use when you're faced with different experiences that can be impacting a family and problem gambling is very easily hidden, but the impacts often are not. And so it's important to, one, kind of know what to look for in terms of warning signs, which we've talked about a lot before. We can, you know, we can always bring up again, but also be equipped to have like these brief screens in your assessments so you're able to, to know what do you ask. Um, one thing that has come up a lot, and I know when I was when I was doing assessments myself and even now in this current role talking about adding additional uh, questions to individuals, individual assessments. One question that does come up a lot is, okay, if I add the screening tool and someone answers yes to these questions, what do I do next, right? And that's always a bit of a, a scary thing, I think for providers, because if you're not, you know, I just admitted, right? I wasn't always informed on problem gambling. That is a very, very common thing, that not everyone knows about problem gambling, but that's okay. Um, That's, you know, in New York, anyway, that's what the council is here for. And across the country, there are a number of different councils and providers. But anyway, back to the question. Rachel, if someone is doing a brief screen and someone does screen positive, what would you say as for next steps for that person?
2: Um, if, If you are screening somebody and they answer yes to one of those questions, which would be considered a positive screen... Um, like Amanda said, most agencies aren't equipped to deal with or treat for problem gambling, but as long as you guys know about the problem gambling resource centers, then you can make a referral and what the, the problem gambling resource centers will do is connect with that individual who's screen positive. And we have, um, providers that we work with that can do a full assessment with the client and then determine from there if they do need to, if they should and want to seek further treatment, um, they're able to, and the PGRCs are able to connect uh, individuals with those resources.
3: That's great. So as we're gearing up for, you know, Problem Gambling Awareness Month, I think something that we want to talk about is screening day, right? Right. March 8th is, correct me if I'm wrong, but March 8th is screening day, and that's a, a nationwide, nationwide event. So, Rachel, can you talk a little bit about what screening day is, how providers in New York State can get involved, and kind of what the purpose of screening day is?
2: Absolutely. So I'm glad you mentioned Problem Gambling Screen or Gambling Disorder Screening Day is its actual name. We, we tend to abbreviate because we always say problem gambling, um, but it is um, Gambling Disorder Screening Day and it is a national event and it's put out by the Cambridge Health Alliance the division on addiction, and they are the ones who created and did all the research to make sure that it's reliable and valid on the brief biosocial gambling screen questionnaire. To abbreviate that is it's called the BBGS. And luckily, um, although its name is long, the screen itself is short, and it's only three questions. Um, So if somebody is interested in participating in a screening day event you can use this screen and i'll tell you guys more about some of the other screens that are available also let your community know your clients know that you're going to be offering a screening event and there's a couple of different ways that people can do it a lot of times people have seen like a blood pressure screening day and you could set your event up similar to that where you have somebody out at a table somewhere who people can just approach take the screen with the provider and then you know get referral information as needed from there or if somebody doesn't have the ability to set up an event like that what they can do is in their in their own office as their uh, regular people that they're working with come through the door that day. Make a point to include these questions in a conversation, or specifically to say, "Okay, today we're doing gambling problem gambling screenings," and and just talking about why we're doing that. So it it is um, pretty easy to do that on the New York Council on Problem Gambling website on the. Problem Gambling Awareness Month page, there is a spot to sign up to hold a gambling screening event. And if you go on there, you can sign up and there's resources available. There's a guide about how to get started, what to do. And then there is just a little piece of follow-up that we ask for because, and I'll tell you, it's it, the data is very important to us to be able to collect and move forward to keep growing programs but we do ask that if people would take a few minutes after their screening event is over to just um, let us know how many people you've screened if there were positives um, and if possible like the age range of folks because that helps us one get connected people to resources but also um, continue to develop programming that we have um,
0: so that's why we collect data But it,
2: it, but it is, it is fairly easy to set up
0: your own screening event. Yeah. And thank you so much for kind of walking us through what that looks like. One thing that comes to mind is, you know, when people are doing screenings, I do want to just make sure we say you could do a screening day and screen 20 people and maybe one person screens positive and we can get that person connected to care. And that is all wonderful. But for those 19 other people that you have screened, you've also planted a seed in their mind, right? Mm -hmm. Because maybe before that screening, no one has ever even uttered the word or words, problem gambling or gambling addiction, or even alluded to gambling, possibly causing problems, right? And so what you're doing through screening is one, possibly identifying someone who's struggling with their gambling. Excellent. But also I want to just make note of the importance of just planting that seed, because maybe the person in front of you doesn't have a gambling problem, but that person could have a brother or a partner or a mother or a friend or a whoever, a boss, right? Whoever this could be in their life that maybe does have a gambling problem. Maybe you're going to ask one of those questions and they're going to think to themselves, wow, you know, Jane at work does talk about this a lot, maybe, you know, maybe Bob asking me for money every other couple of weeks is a little interesting, right? And and just planting those seeds is able to one, raise awareness, which is one of the biggest things that we focus on at the New York Council on Problem Gambling, but also two, you're starting a conversation that can continue Right, maybe that again that's the first time they're hearing that and they're going to go home and at the dinner table say well wow, I was asked this question today and wasn't it so interesting, and that can continue to build, because one thing we know about problem gambling not only is it um, very easy to hide. But anyone struggling with problem gambling that one individual can impact up to eight to 10 people, and you say up to but really there's no limit to that impact right and so. It's just important to make sure that we're getting the the information out there. And like Rachel said, these brief screens, three questions, right? Sometimes it's, it's may seem very minuscule, but the impact of those three questions can continue. You know, when you think about a ripple effect, those ripples can continue to go and go and go farther beyond your, um, your imagination. So screening super important, having the conversations, incredibly important, getting people connected to care, obviously always important.
2: When I think of why is it important to screen, I think screening tools are so powerful because they, being asked those questions could be the start of somebody's recovery. You know, they they could have been struggling silently, never having said anything about their gambling problem to anybody else. But by giving, opening the door and letting them talk about it, if they do, that, like Amanda said, that can cause those ripples um, and it can really be the beginning of their journey to recovery. Um, whereas if, you know, we, we don't ask, we don't know. Um, so it's, I think it's really important to ask the questions. And one thing I'll say about the, the screening tools, you know, I mentioned the BBGS. There's also the Libet screening tool and the Problem Gambling Severity Index are all considered to be brief screens. But when you are screening with people, the questions read, I'll just read one question from the BBGS. And it says, during the past 12 months, have you become restless, irritable, or anxious when trying to stop or cut down on your gambling? I would just make a note that when you are talking about gambling with individuals, help them define that a little bit because different people talk about gambling as different events. Some, some people don't consider things like lottery tickets or bingo to be gambling. And so they might be engaging and buying lottery tickets on a daily basis, but they don't consider that gambling. So they would And to answer this question, honestly, they might say no. Um, So just define what you mean by gambling so you can really get a full picture of where people are at.
3: Yeah, very important to define that gambling because even I know when Amanda and I are doing presentations, sometimes we bring up bingo, raffle, 50-50 pools. And that's not what first comes to mind when we think of gambling. A lot of people just immediately is casino gambling, right? Like that's just the first thing that that comes to their mind. But it's important to define those so people understand before you go into the screening. One thing I do want to mention, you know, if anybody is interested in participating in screening day, we will link in our show notes. You you can go to the New York Council on Problem Gambling's website and find all of that information there. The other thing as well is we have a confidential e-screener on our website so if you are listening to this and you think you might be struggling with your gambling, take a visit to nyproblemgamblinghelp.org and you can, co- you know, confidentially fill out that e-screener and see where you score. And our website will link you to all of the problem gambling resource centers across the state. Even if you're just looking for some information, you know, feel free to reach out and we are more than happy to help anybody.
2: Yeah. And the e-screener is also available in Spanish.
3: So, Rachel, we want to thank you for joining us today. I think we got a lot of great information about screening. So our listeners will know a little bit more as we gear up for Problem Gambling Awareness Month. So thanks for coming on.
2: Thanks for having me. Happy, happy screening day and Problem Gambling Awareness Month.
3: We did it. All right.
0: Did it. Great job.